Our scriptures this morning come from Romans, Hebrew, and 1 Corinthians. Romans 10, 17. Now faith comes from hearing, and hearing comes from the word of Christ. Hebrews 11, 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not yet seen. And 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7. Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. September 22nd, 2005, my life changed forever. That was the night that I, that I heard a word from the Lord in a way that I had no grid for. Didn't grow up in a community of faith that talked about these sorts of things. But I was here in San Antonio on three days, a uh, business trip. And I was in a Shabano Park neighborhood about 1030 at night. And I had a vision. And there was a woman in the sky looking at me and calling to me. My eyes were wide open and I saw this. Again, no grid for this. And I wasn't drinking. And I heard the Lord say to me, I have a wife for you. You have to go and get her. South Africa Wednesday. It was a little cryptic. But it was wonderful. It was fascinating and also terrifying. Fascinating because I really did want a wife. And I had been asking the Lord for a long time for a wife. And I wanted to be in love. And I was kind of addicted to adventure. So the immediate idea of taking a risk to go to Africa to find a wife was exciting to me. But it was also a little bit terrifying because as a worship leader on a couple of occasions, women had approached me after the service and told me that the Lord told them we were going to be married. And it's always a little awkward when God talks to one person and not the other. And I didn't want to be that guy. But I knew that I had to follow what I heard the Lord say to me. And I can't prove it to you. I can't point to the spot in the scriptures where God shows you visions of women in the clouds. Although there are plenty of places in the scripture the Lord sends you to get a wife. But I knew that I knew that I had to go to Africa to find my wife. To take a risk. Now, I'm not going to tell you the whole story because we don't have time. But God didn't actually tell me to go to Africa to find my wife. I put those two things together. And I learned a lot about what it means to hear God, to hear the word that he would speak to you, and then to be courageous and to take a risk into the unknown things with God. And so I did that. I took a risk. I went down to Johannesburg. I spent 40 days down there. And I discovered that my wife, indeed, was not in Africa. And it was a good discovery and it was a hard discovery and it was such an important one for me because I risked going out beyond my understanding into the thing that I felt God said to me. And while there was a lot of stops along the way, two years later to the very day of hearing that word, I did meet and marry my wife, not on the same day. I married her two years to the day of hearing that word. And I live now in the fruit of of that word that the Lord spoke to me. Because when we hear what God says to us specifically, not just generally, which is vital, but when we hear him speak to us, that produces a faith. And the faith is a pathway that you can walk into to live in the benefit and the reward of that faith. 
which is the presence of God and me in this moment, a woman that I could have never gotten on my own. The scriptures say that faith comes from hearing. That hearing God speak to you is the birthplace of faith. It's the womb that faith grows up in. So where then does hearing come from? Scriptures say it comes from the word of Christ. And there's three different words for a word in the Greek New Testament. One of them is a great word, a huge favorite of mine. It's logos. And logos is the eternal word. Logos is the, is the John word. In the beginning, the word, the logos, was with God, and the logos was God. And the logos became flesh and moved in among us, or dwelt among us. Logos is Yeshua Messiah, the eternal word of God. Probably the most familiar way that we use the word word is the, the Greek word graphe, which is written word. That's the word that when Jesus comes out of the wilderness being tempted by the devil, he goes, he hightails it back to Nazareth. He walks into the synagogue in Nazareth and stands on the bay maw and unrolls the scroll of Isaiah. And he finds the place in which it was written. Graphe. Neither of those two words are the words that Paul chooses to use in Romans 10. Faith comes from hearing and hearing comes from not the logos and not the written word. But it comes from the now word of God. The Greek word is rhema. And that's a word that means, what is God speaking to you right now? Can you hear him right now? If faith comes from hearing and hearing comes from what God is saying right now, can you hear him? And will faith grow? Now there's a dynamic exchange and interplay between all of these things. Because in my life, some of the best Rhema words, the best now words that I've heard and gotten to speak, they were the written word. And I was a pastor in San Marcos for a couple of years, and one time I was doing ministry in Austin. And at the end of this meeting, there was a gentleman that came up for prayer. And it was very apparent very quickly that he was in a bit of a state. And as I began to listen to his story, he told me a little bit about him, but then I began to pray with him. And as I was praying, he began to experience the Lord, and I'm not sure exactly what was happening, but he got down on his knees and began to cry. And I thought, well, I hope I didn't do that to him. But the Lord was talking to him, so I I took a step back and let him kind of sit on the floor and cry and, and do what he needed to do. And as is my custom when I'm doing ministry or leading worship or just sort of driving, I started asking the Lord, what are you saying to me right now? What are you saying to this young man right now? What's a, what's a now word for him? I don't know what's happening. What are you saying to him? And as I was standing there, I heard the word, well done, my good and faithful servant. And I felt confident that I could speak that. That's the Bible, right? We know that. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into your master's rest. That's the thing that you hear when you, when you die and you meet the Father and you meet Jesus. So I said, all right, Lord, I'll speak that. When do you want me to say that? And after a few moments, he said, okay, now. So I kneeled down to this young man who was on the ground, and I whispered into his ear, well done, my good and faithful servant. And when I did that, he lets out this shriek, and he crumples to a ball in this kind of field position and starts shaking. I thought, oh, Lord, that's that's not the response I was hoping for. I hope I didn't just mess this up. 
And I let him have his moment on the floor. And as he composed himself and stood up, he began to tell the story. That week in his life, one of his best friends had committed suicide. He was wrestling profoundly with that experience. And he felt a a pretty severe measure of guilt and responsibility for that. Coupled with a lifelong sense that God was never pleased with him. He told me he was considering taking his own life so that he could hear Jesus say to him, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Well, Jesus wanted to speak that to him. He just didn't want to do it in person. And so I heard... The written word spoken now. And when I spoke the now word of God as a written form, that introduced this young man to the eternal word. And he had an encounter with Jesus. That God knew him, cared about him, and wanted him to know that God saw him. Faith comes from hearing, and hearing comes from the rhema of Christ. The word of Logos. Now, faith last week, if you were here, you heard Pastor Linda talk about how faith is the inheritance and the right, the, 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 the gift for every believer. Because we are the sheep. We are God's children and we hear his voice. Now, Scripture says in Hebrews that faith is the substance of the things that are hoped for. The conviction of stuff that is not yet seen. That word substance is really great. I like that King James translation of that word. It's a word that comes from two words, and the first part is underneath, and the second part is causes it to stand. So faith becomes the thing that's underneath us, which causes us to stand, which allows us to stand on something. And as faithful people of the word and of the text, you've probably experienced getting out into a section of your life or getting into a financial crisis or a relational one or something that you were struggling with your faith. And we say, well, I'm having faith believing God for this. And usually what that means is that we're a little intimidated by what's in front of us. We're uncertain about what's coming. And we, we're having trouble having faith to walk into what's coming. Believing God for something. Faith is what's underneath you that allows you a pathway into the unknown. It's the thing that opens up access in a very real sense to the stuff in God and in his kingdom in your life that you don't yet know, that you don't yet understand. Faith is access where there wasn't access before. So in this capacity, faith is less about something that you have and it's more about something that you walk in. And I had to take a pretty big step of faith when I went to Africa. And part of the story is that a lot of my Christian community back home in Colorado thought I was crazy. They had not heard God like that. They didn't think God spoke like that. And I was with them a day before. But I took a risk and I walked out into the things that the Lord had told me. And so as we walk this path of faith, we discover that there are endless ways that God loves to communicate with his kids. God talks to us in lots of different ways. But there's a commonality in everything that the Lord does and speaks. And that is that the Holy Spirit empowers the things that are spoken. And 1 Corinthians, when Paul is talking to the church in Corinth, he's desperately 
encouraging them, pleading with them in a very fatherly way in 1 Corinthians 12. He says, now concerning the things that are spiritual, my brethren, I don't want you to be uninformed. I want you to know about how the Spirit operates. Now, there's lots of different gifts. There's lots of different services. There's lots of different activities. But there's a unifier in those activities. It's the same Spirit, the Holy Spirit, that speaks those things. And then he says, for the common good of the church. And that word common good, I love it. We sang about it this morning. You heard a song composed of my soul about it. That word common good is the Greek word, word symphero. And it is the word symphony. And I love this metaphor because when the Holy Spirit operates in the church with lots of different activities and, and gifts, it seems a little bit different in all the different facets of it. But it's a common symphony that God is singing over you and singing in creation. And you may be a dainty piccolo player and your husband or spouse may be a blowhard tuba player. And you, you may not sound that great together playing at the same time. But you are both playing a song that God is composing in creation. This epic symphony of God's relentless and redeeming pursuit of a disconnected people has many parts. But in the unity of Holy Spirit, the multifaceted and dynamic melodic lines, they rise and they fall at different times, at different places, for different people who have different voices and different instruments. But we are all playing and singing in concert with heaven. A little less metaphorically now. What 1 Corinthians shows us is that we have permission to hear and encounter God very differently than other people. Knowing that in the unity of Holy Spirit, empowering and speaking his life into creation, he will work together for the good for all of those people who are called according to God's purposes. So we don't need to envy the first chair violinist if you're a third chair triangle player. They have a way of expressing the song that God has in their life in a different way than yours. But you are all playing and singing the same song. So faith comes when we hear the things that God is speaking to us now. And then it creates a pathway into the unknown things in God and in the kingdom of heaven. And when we walk into these places... These are places oftentimes outside of our comfort zone. These are places inhabited by other sections of the body of Christ who sing a different melody of the symphony of heaven. But it's the same spirit who breathes on us all. I want to invite us this morning to take a risk. Don't worry, you don't have to go to Africa unless you want to. I want to invite us into a time of silent response and meditation because Last week, many of you asked and received prayer to hear God in new ways in your life. And this morning, I want to take a risk and I want to ask him to speak to us now. Because he wants to speak a word to you that will bring faith to you, that will rise faith in you, that will create access and life and a pathway to walk into the things that he has for you. Now, it can be a big thing or it can be a small thing. But we're going to take 30 seconds here in silence. And I invite you to pay attention to the things that just come into your mind. And oftentimes as we begin the process of hearing God, we just stop and we listen. We say, God, what are you saying to me? And you stop and you listen. 
and it's not magical or crazy, oftentimes what you hear sounds a lot like what you normally think about. You may hear a scripture verse come to your mind. You may hear a lyric from a song or something you just heard. Maybe you'll hear something that someone said to you earlier or maybe even something from this message. Now, if you hear something rude or negative, just let that go. That's not from the Lord. He speaks life and grace over you. But I want to invite you to take a risk and say, God, what would you say to me? What would you say about me? What would you say about who I am? What would you say about what you have for me? But I want to invite you now. Open up the door of your heart and risk hearing what the Lord would speak to you. He's already singing the symphony of heaven. And I know for sure this morning he has a melody just for you. Would you pray with me?
Living God, we thank you for the things that you spoke to us this morning. I ask, Father, that they would be words of life that would take root and would grow up and produce the fruit of the presence of God in our circumstances, in our hearts, and that it would give us courage to risk walking out into new things in you because we know that you are good, that you are with us, and we have faith to walk with you all the days of our lives. We bless you, King Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and each other. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hidden. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. As forgiven and reconciled brothers and sisters in Christ, would you stand and greet one another with the peace of Christ. The peace of Christ be with you all. As we gather at the table of the Lord, I invite you to turn to page 15 in your hymnal that together we might participate in the prayer of great thanksgiving. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and good and a joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty. And so with all your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. 
Your spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight for the blind, to set at liberty the oppressed and to proclaim that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, ate with sinners, and by the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church. You delivered us from slavery to sin and death and made with us a new covenant through water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, the Lord Jesus took bread. And after giving thanks to you, he broke the bread and he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup. And again, after giving thanks to you, he gave the cup to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of the faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on all of us gathered here and upon these gifts of bread and wine. May they be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes again in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Banquet Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Father Almighty, now and forever. Amen. And with the confidence of the children of God, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. The bread and the cup, these are the precious gifts of God for the people of God. Let us all say, thanks be to God. At this time, I invite those who are assisting in the serving of Holy Communion to come forward this uh, and partake here at the altar. As you come, please know that this is not a Methodist table. It is the Lord's table, and so all who love him are welcome here. As you come, you will receive a piece of bread, dip it into the cup, and receive the elements together. And following the receiving, uh, we will be offering uh, the blessing of anointing with oil and an opportunity for prayer here at the altar rail. If you uh, desire prayer here, please come and just open your hands and we will come to you. It is a joy for us to come together, and we know that there are those who are not with us, And we lift them in prayer before the Lord and also remember those who are in need of our special offering this day, those who are still recovering from all of the floods this past spring. 
and our offering today will go to assist them through our Rio, Texas conference. We come with joy to feast with the Lord, with one another, as this community of faith. Won't you come and open your heart as you feast together? I heard the voice of Jesus say, Come unto me and rest. Lay down, O weary one, lay down your head upon my breast. I
Oh, oh. 